Welcome to the Disgruntled Sailor Podcast, a place where my scumbag friends and I talk shit, tell stories, and spread rumors. I hope you motherfuckers are ready because it's about to go down like motherfucking Kevin Hart. This entire ad is recorded with AI because we're fucking lazy, and this makes it funnier. We'd like to give a special shout-out to our sponsors, Georgia Beer Company and Rowdy Sailors, because without you, none of this shit would be fucking possible. Remember, bitches, the views and opinions expressed on the Disgruntled Sailor podcast are exclusively our own and do not necessarily reflect the views of any member or the views of the United States Coast Guard. The podcast does not have any association with or endorsement from the Coast Guard. We're just two individuals who happen to be in the military, expressing our own personal views and opinions. So sit back, relax, and crack a cold beer, unless you're underway, then next watch, motherfucker. Oh, shit. Did you see that? Oh, a little premature uh, beer ejaculation oh. there. I know. Dude, I'm still drinking this Georgia beer stuff. This is, this is, I, I don't know, I don't remember if this got sent in our... One of our packages, I don't remember, but this is the... That's the Oktoberfest. It is, I can tell yeah. by the label. I don't, I'm not a drunk or anything, <laughs> I just remember stuff. <laughs> okay, anyways, back to it. Welcome, you fat bitches, to episode 77. Giggity. Let's see, since I have the outline and you can't see it. Yeah, this is going to be a shit show. I don't like not having control. <laughs> well, I put stuff in the outline that I didn't want you to see. That way I'd remember to talk about it. Because I wanted to get your like immediate reaction. I'm, you know how I have control issues. This is giving me anxiety. Like, so for for admin stuff, do you do you have anything to pass to the people? Yeah, I got a. The I fuck feel like this I is a that? fucking all hands. Uh-huh. Uh, just to piggyback <laughs> on that, um, yeah. admin stuff. Not really. I did get a new coin though. I sent you the picture so you can post it when when this comes out. Excuse me, sorry. You I've been drinking you, already. You have a you, you have a social media account too. You can post on. That's just for memes and swears. <laughs> I posted some shit the other day. I got a couple likes. Um, I got sent this new coin. It's uh sector boarding team sector Saint Petersburg, Berg. Fuck man, it's gonna be a rough episode. Um, it's got a like. It looks like the Red Skull from. Captain America with like tentacles and there's an anchor and then two tridents on one side. Okay. And then on the back it's the Coast Guard Maritime Law Enforcement Badge. Some dude in red. And everything's 3D. Like it's not just like a plain ass coin. It's like it's not the coolest coin but I have some really really cool coins. But for a sector coin it's one of the better sector coins I've ever had. So thank you to the uh, I don't I didn't get permission to say his name, but it's pretty rad. I actually got two of them, so I will actually send you one. Oh my <clears> god! Yeah, <laughs> that's what I usually tell people when they send us like coins or patches. I'm like, send two if you can. I go, if not, me and Miami can fight over it. Yeah, we, we're pretty reasonable most of the time. Um, so as far as merch goes, we are 
completely sold out of flags and koozies, as we mentioned in the last episode. So we're on what? How many koozie designs have we had now? Three? The, I don't know. The one right now, the neoprene, the green, and the and the orange, like the the green and the red. No, it's orange. Yeah. So so we started out with the shitty foam original yeah, OG yeah, logo blue, with when the blue. We first yeah. Started. And then we went to the drinking team one as our second. Oh. That's the and then the third one was the green and the red. I never ones. got a red koozie. I sent you one no, of you them. Didn't. I mean, they're the same no, design. Didn't. I sent you. The, do you have a green? I koozie? have a green koozie. It's the same design, I, just a different color. I like the drinking team koozie. That's my favorite koozie, and I think we should just keep that as a standard. With the update it with the, like the new logo. I, I'm not really good at this. I didn't notice you changed the logo. Jesus Christ, you piece of shit! What do you want from me? <laughs> All right, so. We need to come up with a new koozie design. I like this one. Or go. Okay. What flags? I've had some people ask for flags recently, mm-hmm. and we've been sold out for a little bit. I would personally would really like the operator sticker turned into a flag. So I've thought about that. Another idea I thought about was like, you know, our flag right now is currently the black flag with just our logo on it. Yeah. I thought about having the saying that you talked about last episode. That was on like the first, uh, like coin. mind your business. Like, yeah, have our logo, and then it just says mind your business. I think what we should do is like a pirate theme flag, like something a little obscure, like the Queen Anne's Revenge flag, but like at the bottom it says mind your business, something like that. Not the Queen Anne's Revenge, literally, but like an obscure skeleton, like maybe doing something silly, you know, like your analysis or something, and then it says mind your business at the bottom. <laughs> um. Speaking of last episode, an an Airedale you might you might own an Airedale some swag. I haven't seen any proof yet, but I got some swag sitting here. So I got I got I, I have either. a whole bag of things sitting right here. You can hear it. I got a bag of swag. So we talked about in the last episode if somebody can get one of our key tags on some sort of aviation aircraft that where it has like the pull before flight or remove before flight uh, tag on there. But you can swap one of one of theirs out for one of ours and like send us a picture. You'll get some swag from Miami. And somebody had, has already purchased it, and I've already shipped it. So I'm just waiting for the proof. Speaking of shipments, did the the Muffin Man got his stickers? I saw. Oh, you saw? I I sent them to him. Well, he sent us something on Snapchat, and he said, "How many fucking stickers did you order?" And he's got like eighty stickers of each size. I, I don't have Snapchat anymore, so I, I don't know. I didn't get oh, that message. Well he, but I did I did mail him to him. He yeah. he I ordered we I was drunk at your house when we ordered them. Yeah, and I sent him every one. I didn't keep any. So for the last couple months he's been messaging the both of us on Snapchat and you just haven't seen them? Correct. I have no idea. I, I don't I don't have Snapchat anymore. It's <laughs> hilarious. So I guess it's just me and the muffin man talking. <laughs> so if you know the Muffin Man or Big J, uh, he's got he sent us a picture of him. No, no, don't, don't, don't say what it is. Okay, it's nudity. <laughs> God damn it! Right? No. no, what? 
So I sent him all those stickers so he can do with them whatever he wants. If he wants to shred them, he can shred them. If he wants to give them out to like, you know, I don't know, as party He told favors, me he's going to he sell them. That too. He can do whatever he wants. I want them. some. I didn't. I didn't feel right about keeping them and like giving them out. You're a pussy. So I was like, you can have every one of them. You're such a pussy. <laughs> anyway, uh, what's next? When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So, have you heard about the scaling back of uh, warrant officer appointments? I have not. So, they buried the... Oh, oh, I say they buried. So, that in the latest message that came out with, like, saying, like, who got picked up for warrant, in there it says, you know, like, blah, 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 we're scaling this shit back in a roundabout way. But before that even came out, there was, like, a news bulletin buried on, like, a warrant officer page. And uh, it talks about, like, however, the previous, like, past couple of years, they went from, like, 100-something to 200-something and to 300-something appointments. And now they're going, due to the lack of personnel in E7 and below positions, we're going to cut back on warrant officer appointments to hold people and retain people in these ranks that we're lacking. That in. sounds fair. So, I was being sarcastic. That's fucking dickheadedish. Well, I see both sides. I, so, like, on one hand, I I understand the, the Coast Guard's point of view because, like, with these vacancies that we have, people are making E6 and E7 that have no business being E6s and E7s, and those same people are getting warrant officer job. There are some people, like, we know a couple that are, you know, getting, that are going to be a gunner, uh, like a bosun or a... FNS or a, you know, a nav engine warrant or something like that. We know a couple, and they deserve it. They're smart enough. They put the time and they deserve it. Kudos to them. I really hope they fucking get it. But there are some people that are up for gunner or bosun or, you know, whatever that aren't anywhere near what a warrant officer supposed to be, let alone a fucking chief. So I see both sides. I mean, yeah, you always have that battle, though. But the, the thing that I see happening is because they're clogging up advancements at the warrant officer position, it's going to have a trickle-down effect to the fleet in trying to advance, like, E5s, E6s, or E6s, E7s, or whatever. I mean, I know my rate is, like, a couple hundred short of what they're supposed to have. So, like, hmm. Yeah, like, I, I, I see it clogging up advancements down the road, and then we're back to square one. It, dude, it, everyone talks about it like this is a new thing. Every single fucking couple years, we go in this cycle. Like, Clinton was in, and he kicked everybody out or let everybody retire. And then Bush was in and, you know, started a war, and things went up. And then Obama got in, and everybody got the fuck out. And then Trump got in, and then, you know, everybody was trying to get in. And now it's Biden, and, you know, everyone's like, regardless whether it's community, like, um, not community, but, like, whether it's, like, you know, cost of living or, you know, what the Coast Guard is doing, it, every, like, eight 
seven, eight years, it we have ebbs and flows. So like I'm I'm not well, yeah, but like I haven't seen it on this scale. Like I haven't seen it as this short. Every well, you also got since I. You also in. have to remember the Coast Guard is a thousand times more transparent than it used to be. You know, back in the day, like they only people that were like that had a warrant package in or on these, you know, really early warrant packet warrant websites were only in the know or like you had to be one to know the deal. Now that you have Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, you have all these fucking things. We have the portal. We have SharePoint. We have teams. We have like I'm on. I get attached to a teams page once a fucking week, and I just delete them because it, it doesn't pertain to me. Information is so readily available, and like as soon as a message drops, I get messages from forty fucking people. So like, I don't think it's a new thing. I think it's just there's more on more people in the more know. people in the know. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that that you think the Coast Guard is being more transparent with things because today I was sent an article. I'm not uh, saying the Coast Guard from, is being more transparent. I'm saying Coast Guardsmen, women, whatever, Sentinels, whatever the fuck we are now, you know, don't come at me with your fucking pronoun shit. I don't care. What I'm saying is people disseminate information more readily now without fear of repercussions than they did back in the day. Like back in the day, we used to get our LESs in the mail. You know, you, we used to use, oh, well, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, we used to like use typewriters and shit. And like, information's so easy now. Like, you could have, like, if I was a BMC and I was an XPO, I'm going to have every XPO in a group chat. As soon as I hear information, I'm going to be like, hey, did you hear the cutting back on warrants? And I'm going to tell every BMC in my AOR. And then that BMC's in a fucking group chat from his last unit as a BMC. And then he disseminates that. And then before you know it, like, it's everywhere. I think people are just less apprehensive to disseminate information like that. So the article that I was sent today is uh, a not, not a good look for us as a service. So it's from CNN, so take that for whatever you want. But it says, it's titled Exclusive, and it says, Former Coast Guard head covered up secret investigation into sexual assaults at the Coast Guard Academy. And the article talks about how Admiral Schultz... Is that a helicopter at your house or my house? My house. It says Admiral Schultz, like, uh, there was this huge, like, operation. And they even named the operation Operation Found Anchor. Yeah. If you haven't heard about (laughs) Found Anchor, you live under a rock, bro. Yeah. But anyways, the article goes on to say that, like... The administration covered it up, and they didn't, like, brief their details of it to Congress like that was supposed to happen mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And I was like, that's definitely not a good look. Yeah, somebody's – well, I say someone's going to Leavenworth, but knowing the people that run the academy, it's going to be like a – all right, we can – What's an, It's an old thing. It happened no, no, I'm, before. I know. I'm saying, like – Yeah. Uh, go ahead. Like, like, it happened before, but, like uh, – the way the article was worded. Now, I, I don't know that much about the whole thing. I, I know some info about it, but it's definitely not a good look that in the article, it said that Admiral Fagan, the mama dot didn't, didn't, wasn't briefed on it. And she didn't know about it until the CNN article was released. Please, please look, dude, I'm not saying I believe that or don't believe it. I'm just saying 
It's not a good look. Is that the is is Fallon Anchor the one where the CEO of the training center was like having like cadets to his house and like he would have special meetings with the cadets and stuff? Was that the is that Fallon Anchor? I don't I don't because know. I remember I, reading I know that of article. a couple. I know of a couple instances with uh, how should you word it inappropriate relationships going on at the academy. So I don't know if that was the specific one, but. Not a good look. No. There's a new message that came out recently about COs and OICs with NJP authority can now sign off on certain awards as final approving authority. Which I think should have happened a long time ago. Correct. You know, the Coast Guards, well, they say they're all about recognition, but they are, in fact, not. And I'm not going to go too much into it, but... I think if you're – you remember when we were on the ship together and they would let BM2s be an underway OOD of the ship in theater but yep. not let them be yep. import ODs. Yeah, it was, it was back at Yeah, so like if you're going to give these people that are E8s, E9s, you know, uh, warrant officers that are like – they've done the time. They've obviously done it, you know, talking to – you know, we had Jimothy on getting OIC qualified – is not easy. Like it's not a thing you just trip into, and it's not like they're saying, "Okay, an E nine OIC can give someone a com." That's not what they're saying. It's no, it's like an LOC. It's an LOC and a meritorious team. That's like, yeah, like if you're the CO or OIC of a unit, you should have that final fucking authority. You remember when I when we routed? CO. I routed one for the drug bust. I routed one for when we had that Jamaican lobster boat where you kicked my sunglasses in the water. Uh, yeah, I, I remember. You know, I routed meritorious teams and LOCs for a lot of people. I I routed an LOC for a non-rate who went, you know, above and beyond BTM. You know, was pretty much running the boarding, got a termination. It was valid. I verified everything. Routed up an LOC, and they're like, "That's really not what non-rates are supposed to get." And like, it's just, it costs you nothing yeah. to put pen, pen ink to paper. I know, and nowhere in the awards manual does it specify a rank for an nowhere. Award. Not one not fucking time. one fucking time. Oh, but that's a good move. I think uh, moving forward, I think that's a a good look. I mean, who cares if you're a JG, you know, and you're in charge of like an FRC or some shit? You should be able to give your people a fucking LOC. You shouldn't have to route that shit up. You think there's a statute of limitations on awards or? Nope. So like, not not a fucking. So like, if I did something in like 2018 with some shipmates and wrote up an LOC, and it didn't get approved, but now I someone that was there. Not that it didn't get approved. The awards board didn't even meet about yeah. it, even though they were fucking supposed yeah. to. Yeah, even though there was like a report and a whole thing and statements, and you think we could still get someone uh-huh. to sign that? One hundred percent. I think we should do that as long as he's willing to do it. I bet he'd do it. And you, you know who you fucking yeah. are. We know. Listen, we you know who the fuck you are. Uh, yeah. Another message came out about operational units being able to use the boat crew. PFT as an official weigh-in, even if it was completed prior to the weigh-in month of April and October as a beta test. Yeah, it's only for operational units, though. So if you're at, correct, you know, a sector, small boat station. Well, small boat stations are operational units. That's what I said. Oh, I was like sectors, SFOs. You know, it's pretty much the only non-operational units left, right? MSUs are MSUs operational. Let's just say, I think some Some are, some are. I think depending on like yeah. 
So, like, let's just say you're at small boat. What's a small boat station? Barnegat Light. Okay, let's just say you're fucking there, and you do a fucking PFT test, and which you have to do for crewmen anyway. Yeah, let's just say you run the test in August. Well, fucking come October. They can just put the date of that fucking boat crew test that you did. If you passed it, then you're fucking good. So I like that they're doing something. They're trying something different with the weigh-ins because, like, you know, according to the Coast Guard, I'm morbidly obese, you know. And I'm not saying I'm in shape, but what I'm saying is... Round is a shape. Well, yes. I'm saying, like, <laughs> like we we both know people that are fucking yoked, like... They're counting macros and they're doing this and they, they weigh everything they eat and they're working out four hours a day and they're fucking huge. But because they have a small neck and a small waist, the Coast Guard goes, you're a fat piece of shit. But then you got these fat fucks that sit around who have these giant gargantuan like it goes from their bottom lip straight to their fucking sternum necks and they're fat pieces of shit. And they get away with having a fat neck because that's the way the BMI index works and it's bullshit. You know, yeah. I struggle with weight because I like to drink and I like food, but like, yeah. there should be something different other than like, oh, I think, I think, first, if you're operational, okay, like if you're if your rate in your specific job that you're currently in is like ASTs, sure, hundred percent agree. Those motherfuckers need to be in some sort of good shape yeah. to go save people, right? But, like, if you're a fucking yeoman, who gives a shit as long as you can do your job? Well, I agree and I don't. I agree and I disagree. So, like, you know, I understand because my, my rate can be highly operational or you can be, like, super customer service. So, like, I could be either. And if I'm doing it, you better you better fucking toe the standard as well. If I have to help to hold the standard, you better fucking uphold the standard. You better shape, haircut. You know, fingernails, uniform, boots, whole nine fucking yards. You better hold the fucking standard too. But when I'm not doing that, I'm like, can you cut me a fucking break? I'm trying to relax. You know, so like, I get both sides. So like, if I if I go in and you're a little chubby, like, I mean, as long as you're good at your job. The problem that pisses me off is when you're a fat piece of shit and like you're sitting around and, and you're and you're horrible at your like job. Like, if I walk into your shop and you're eating. A whole thing of boar's head lunch meat because you say you're bulking or cutting or whatever and you're a fat piece of shit and you're also bad at your job i i can't stand that like pick a fucking lane like i'm an asshole i'm hard to be around i'm a little overweight but i'm really good at my job you know so like if you're gonna be a piece of shit be in shape or if you're gonna be really good at your job be a little fat i'm cool with that you know i think it should just be you know, you know what? We said it a long fucking time. The scuttle. Ago. If you can fit, if you can fit through a fucking eighteen inch scuttle, and let's just say fifteen to twenty seconds or less, then you fucking yeah. pass. I don't care if you're fucking four hundred pounds. If you can squeeze your fat ass through that fucking scuttle, you're good to go. Yeah, maybe you're like really into yoga and like manipulate your body like an octopus, but like, you know, the ships that I've been on, there's some scuttles that like, like, we've had some chiefs that we know that couldn't fit down certain scuttles. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm going to type in the chat here of what you're supposed to talk about next, or do you just want me to just say? Oh, it? just say the the no, say like the general thing, and I can talk about it. The SS war. Oh, dude. So, 
I'm not a history nerd, but like I do like some cool history stuff. And I I know some cool shit about the war move. Okay, well, it's my I have the talking stick, so all right, so this is a really cool sea story. That's what it literally says, great sea story. You can't see it because of the glare, but... So, the passenger steamer SS Waramu was quietly knifing its way through the waters of the Mid-Pacific... Mid-Pacific on its way from Vancouver to Australia. <laughs> we interrupt you right now for this break from Georgia Beer. Yeah. The navigator had just finished working out a star fix and brought Captain John D.S. Phillips the result. The Wehrmuth's position was latitude 0, 31 degrees north, and longitude 179, 30 degrees west. The date was 31 September, I'm sorry, 31 December, 1899. Uh, know what this means? First mate, Peyton broke in. We're only in a few miles of the intersection of the equator in an international dateline. Captain Phillips was prankish enough to take full advantage of the opportunity, achieving the navigational freak of a lifetime. He called his navigators to the bridge to double-check the ship's position, changed course slightly so that the, as to bear directly on his mark, he then adjusted his engine speed. The calm weather and clear night worked in his favor. At midnight, the SS Waramu lay on the equator at the exactly the point where it crossed the international date and timeline. The consequences of this bizarre position were many. The forward bow... Of the ship was in the southern hemisphere in the middle of summer. The rear, the stern of the vessel, was in the northern hemisphere in the middle of winter. The date in the aft part of the ship was 31 December 1899. The bow was in uh, January 1st, 1900. This ship, therefore, was not only in two different days, two different months, two different years, two different seasons, but also in two different centuries, all at the same time. Yeah, that's pretty right. That's insane, right? Like, remember when we were, like, 26 miles from the equator, and I was like, hey, sir, can we just go, like, skedaddle? He's like, ah, we got ops to do. Big big yeah, difference. and I was like, yeah. That was really cool, like, to go up to a captain and be like, hey, look, this is going to be really cool. And then he's like, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do this shit. Yeah, it's pretty dope. Uh, I have written down, it says, my main goal. Oh, to blow okay, up. hold on. Don't do. Don't ruin the fucking surprise. <laughs> All right. So, <clears throat> I have been expressing my concerns with making E seven, and I was in an impromptu discussion with four E sixes and an O five, and I was getting relieved, OD, and I was having a really really rough morning because it's a long story, but I got like three hours of sleep, and. This 05, who's really cool, he's been in... So he, just to put this in perspective, he enlisted the year I was born. So this dude's been in a fucking minute, right? Are you done scratch your back so you can pay attention and get involved? I'm still fucking listening. Well, I said he'd been in since I was born, and you were like, ignored it. That's a big deal. No, I almost, I almost said, okay, since 2005. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I, I didn't. So he's going around. He's he's coming up for colors, and there's like four E6s, and he's like, oh, you know, this first class, this first class. He's like, oh, how'd you do on the service wide, or how'd you do on the service wide? And everybody's talking about this. He's like, oh, you know, what are your what are your goals and this that? And I'm out of it, dude. I you know when you get like so sleep deprived, it's like everything seems like a dream or a cartoon. Did you? And he gets to me. And he, no, yeah, you he didn't. goes. He looks at me. He goes, 
what about you? And he says, my record, I go, well, my main goal is to blow up and act like I don't know nobody. <laughs> and one of the E6s pissed himself laughing. <laughs> the other three had no idea what I was talking about. And the commander just looked at me and went, well, at least you got to go there, man. And, like, and walked away. <laughs> and the- <laughs> For those of you who don't know... <laughs> That was said by who was it? Riff Raff. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, he walked out and shut the door. And the other e the e six was laughing. He's like, I can't believe you just said that to Commander. I was like, I don't even really know what I said, man. He goes, That was the funniest shit I've ever seen. And then the other three e six was like, What are you even talking about? And I showed him the video Riff Raff. He's like, So Commander is going to go talk to other commanders and 06s and be like, yeah, Mr. Miami says his main goal, his career intentions are to blow up and act like he don't know nobody. And <laughs> it was just like, <laughs> it was insane. Oh, I skipped one. What did you skip? Going to the bar. Oh, so did you do anything for Coast Guard Day? No, I did not. All right, so I did. <laughs> What? <laughs> you were just like, did you do anything? No, you go, oh, okay, well, I yeah, did. Yeah, <laughs> well, I did. So the old lady took the day off of work, and we, we took the kids to the Coast Guard Day, and they had a pretty decent turnout. And there's this really cool diner by work. It's a mom-and-pop place. Like, they sit and chit-chat with you. Everything's homemade. It's not a – there's shit all over the wall. Like, yeah, you know – Tony Danza came in one time in 1982, and we got a picture, and they talk about it. It's cops are in there. You know, you got people in business suits in there. You got fucking poor people in there. It's a really good hometown diner. My youngest kid at Coast Guard Day, so we went there in the morning for breakfast before we went to Coast Guard Day. She got the term diner and bar mixed up. So she, my CMC, (laughs) was talking to... The kids, because he was in the dunk tank, and he's like, oh, happy Coast Guard Day. What are you guys up to? And she looks him dead in the fucking eye and goes, my dad took me to a bar before we came here. And, (laughs) (laughs) And, yeah. So he looks up at me and goes, oh, really? I go, she meant diner. I did not take her to a bar. He's like. I can't tell you what not to do when you're off time. I wouldn't advise that. I was like, I was like, all right. And I said her name. I was like, tell him what we did there. She goes, oh, well, there was a cray machine. And then I got home fries and French toast. And I had some bacon and some orange juice. He goes, oh, so it actually was a diner. I was like, yeah. Do you think I woke my family up at 7 in the morning and went, let's go. We're going to the fucking bar before Coast Guard Day. It's not the... It's not the most. It's not the most unheard of wildest thing. Wildest thing. Yeah. Like if, it, like I would totally believe you like, if you were like, yeah. Like if it was like if it was a pork call and was like, oh, Mister Mammy woke up and went to a bar at seven in the morning. I'd be like, yeah, it's a pork call. What are you gonna do? But like, she was telling people yeah, at Coast Guard Day if, that we went to went to a bar. Dude, I would believe it if she told me you took her to Irish Kevin's in Key West. I'd be like, I can see that. <laughs> I mean, maybe when she gets older, who knows. <laughs> I just thought All I right. thought it was funny because Coast Guard Day happened. Yeah, no, that's good. Uh, so, do you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? No, I've been trying to to find the answer to this, and I've asked RC Cola. I've asked somebody else. I ask a lot of questions to get to the point, and none of them none of them know off the top of their head. So, do you know 
the significance of a green tablecloth at Captain's Mass. Like why it's green? Yes. You know, I did. Like, why do we use it? I did know a while ago, and I pushed so much information in my head. It's like one of those things where, like, why, like, it, it's one of those things like, mind your P's and Q's, <laughs> or, you know, why pirates drank rum. It was like, you know, they drank rum because water was hard to keep, you know, good. So I. Oh, you're not going to let. Okay, so just say your thing then. Yeah, okay. Just guess. say your thing. So, so you you don't know. You already said I, I don't know. You said I used to know, but my brain's too smart, and I've I've pushed that information out because it's not important. Yeah, yeah. So I scoured the internet for hours trying to find this answer. Wait, and let I me guess. Find Here's what- the. Let me guess. When they started GSA in the early '80s, that was the only tablecloth they had in stock. So we bought a thousand of them, and that's why we use green. No Coast Guard miscalculation error. <laughs> So I, I only found one article that I deemed credible. Well. So it says, according to the United States Navy, a captain's mass is a non-judicial punishment, blah, 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 blah. We already know that. And it says, including the use of a green tablecloth date back hundreds of years. Because of this green tablecloth, the captain's mast is referred to in military slang as shooting pool with the captain. Okay. So it says, it is believed that the reference to a green cloth comes from an old sea tradition that started in the 1500s. A wool green, it's spelled B-A-I-Z-E. How do you say that? Spell it again? B-A-I-Z-E. Baize? Yeah. A wool green baize cloth was used as a table covering by the Royal Navy and in captain's quarters as a deck covering. It says the significance of the green cloth was addressed in the Articles of War and Laws of Oleron. It was mentioned that if an argument or disagreement arose between the crew and the master of the ship before doling out any punishment, he should remove the tablecloth three times as a warning. Oh. It said, uh, in the early days of the U.S. Navy, the usual setting for the captain's mast was on the weather deck near the ship's main mast. Today, a mast is held at a time and place that's we say, set forth yeah, by the commanding that's officer. That's why we say lay before the mast. Yeah, and then it goes on to say that uh, stories have been passed down by servicemen noting that when a person went to captain's mast, the table the captain sat behind always had a green felt tablecloth on it. High-ranking officers always sat on the opposite side of the table. That's why you get the the term shooting pool with the captain because you're across a felt tablecloth. Mm. So that's out of my, you know, hours scouring the internet. That's all I found. Some nerd will correct us. I'm, I'm sure. I, RC Cola told me he had a book that he thinks might have the answer, but he never got back to me. He's busy. Yeah. The next thing I have written down is Purple Heart. Oh, that's me. So, do you know where most? All right. So, with Oppenheimer coming out, there's a lot of World War II stuff floating around, right? Purple Heart medals awarded in Korea, Vietnam, the Gulf War, and the War on Terror. Terror. All three hundred seventy thousand since nineteen forty-five were all manufactured in anticipation invasion of Japan, and we still have 120,000 left. So 
Yeah. What? So Yeah, so bef- that's why I said Oppenheimer. So they were they were weighing the, you know, let's invade mainland Japan versus let's make the ri- land of the rising sun times three, you know. And they were like, if we're going to invade, we're going to lose a lot of people and a lot of people are going to injured. So they made... They just estimated how many people they thought they were going to have to award this. 490,000. 490,000 Purple Hearts were created in 1945. And if you get a Purple Heart today, you're getting a Purple Heart that was made in 1945 for the invasion of Japan. And really? Yeah, we still have 120,000 left to issue out. So, like... You know how, like, when you're in the exchange, right, and you see, like, all your ribbons and all your medals? Like, those purple hearts that you see there. So, I don't think you can buy a purple heart at the exchange. I'm pretty sure I've seen one before. Well, this one little clip that I saw on Instagram was pretty clear. So, like, I, I what I mean is, like, I'm not saying for the Coast Guard, but, like, for DOD people in theater, when you get, like... You know, they show it in the movies. You're in the hospital, and they come over, yeah, like, and they issue you a Purple Heart. Yeah. Like, DOD's got a stockpile of everything. I mean, they got a boneyard of B-52s in Arizona just, you know, collecting dust. I know they have a stockpile of Purple Hearts. Yeah, but my question is, where are they keeping them? Like, are they in one centralized location? They're probably some, Or are they, like, the, disseminated? If I had to guess, they're probably somewhere outside D.C. and Virginia. That's where I would bet. <laughs> Virginia's got all kinds of shit. That's wild, though. That's kind of cool that, like, they're that old. Yeah. Like, I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. Uh. Um, all right, and now we're on to the FRC. Oh, it's your turn. Yeah. All right, so this week's FRC namesake is the Coast Guard Cutter Bailey Barco. So Bailey Taylor Barco was a station keeper and captain in the U.S. Life Saving Service. <coughs> He led a rescue mission at a station in Virginia Beach on December 21st, 1900. It says a severe storm had grounded the schooner Jenny Hall, which had been beaten to pieces in its, on its sandbank. Barco decided the surf was too severe to launch the station's surf boat, but his crew was able to send a line to the vessel and bring off most of the surviving crew with a breeches buoy. Do you know what a breeches buoy is? Because I didn't. A breeches buoy? Breaches buoy. It's basically a fucking zip line with a flotation device hooked to it, like a life ring. Mm. And like the person you're retrieving is in the life ring hoisted to the zip line and they're just pulling you back and forth. That's pretty rad. Yeah. What'd uh, you say it was called? A breaches buoy. I knew that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't find the full award. I could only find like part of it. So the date of the award was from October 7th, 1901. And it says for extreme and heroic action on 21 December, 1900, while engaged in the rescue of the crew of the schooner, Jenny Hall, which had run aground in severe winter storm off the coast of Virginia beach, Virginia. Upon notification of the grounding, keeper Barco proceeded to the scene and took command as keeper in charge at the wreck. Realizing that the use of the surf boat was dangerous, if not impossible, Keeper Barco directed the assembling of the beach apparatus, and soon a breeches buoy had delivered all but one of the survivors to safety. 
the last victim was so numbed by the cold that he could that he could not help himself. After an unsuccessful effort by one of the members of the Damn Neck Hills station to ride the breeches buoy out to help the man, Keeper Barco decided to take the surfboat out to the station wreck and attempt to put two men aboard Jenny Hall. Following several ill-fated attempts, Keeper Barco, as Boat Coxon and his volunteer crew launched the surfboat and put two of the crew aboard rapidly aboard the rapidly disintegrating ship. Despite turbulent and freezing seas, Keeper Barco kept the surfboat under oars until one of his own crew washed aboard, or one of his own crew washed overboard. Quickly recovering the man, Keeper Barco guided the surfboat back to the beach since it was impossible to remain near the wreck in the storm-tossed seas. The helpless crewmen of Jenny Hall and two volunteers who had been put aboard the wreck were then brought to safety were brought safely to the beach by the breaches buoy. Keeper Barco's exemplary courage, fortitude, and initiative in this valiant rescue, despite imminent personal danger, reflect the highest honor upon himself and were in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Life-Saving Service. Barco was awarded the Gold Life-Saving Medal on October 7th, 1901. You know, I know I say it every time, but, like, we're definitely different than we were back then. and yeah. We're built different. Yeah, like... <laughs> We were built different. That's what it should say. We were built different. Like, people bitch about not having AC or not having a fan or like, oh, I don't like that meal for mid-rats or, you know, I feel, just feel like we've, like, I'm sure they bitched back then. Like, I know, I yeah, know they did. I mean, like. Because people bitch. That's a I feel like. But like. I feel like anybody would bitch, though, if they got served a cold hot dog wrapped in a tortilla for mid-rats. Yeah, I'm never going to let that go. Ever. <laughs> ever. Ever. Or the microwave lobster. <laughs> And I know you're listening, motherfucker. I'm not going to forget that. <laughs> well, that's it for the FRC. Uh, Bet. On to last calls. All right. You got any? I have some. Oh. I do have oh. some. All right. So, tomatoes are fruit, right? Yeah. So that makes ketchup technically a jam. Well, that's like... The old saying is, intelligence is knowing that tomato is a fruit, but common sense dictates you, you know, don't make a pie out of it. Technically right is the best kind of right. That's like saying technically a hot dog is a sandwich. I don't agree with that. I don't agree with it either, unless the buns split apart. All the buns are split apart. How else are you going to get it in there? No, I mean like all the way, all the way. Like there's, you know how they're connected? If they're broken apart, then it's a sandwich. If they're connected, not a I'm not getting into the hot dog it, debate with you again. Anyways. You know how people like make a joke? It's like, hey, your car's that are blinker fluid. You should fill that yeah. up. Eye drops are technically blinker fluid. You there? Yeah. Did you hear me? You said eye drops are technically blinker fluid. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I didn't like that one. Didn't make me giggle. Do you know the Muffin Man? What AM, what AM and PM actually stand for? PM is like Prime Meridian, and not Prime Meridian, Post Meridian. Correct. AM's a much more complicated word, and I don't remember what it is. So, a meridian, right, is just a north and south line. Correct. That goes straight. All right. So the one that goes over Earth, right? You have the meridian. And then the sun, 
that goes north to south. The sun rises east to west, right? Goes east to west. So when the sun's going up, before it crosses the meridian, we're in AM. The AM stands for anti-meridian, which means before the meridian. And then once it crosses the meridian, it, you were right, it's, it stands for post-meridian. Yeah, so I'm half smart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all the last calls I have. All right. So, you know Tarzan, right? Yep. So, if you watch Disney's Tarzan, or any of the Tarzans, he doesn't meet another human until he's like early tw- older. older, early 20s, right? <laughs> At least. And is in, when he meets Jane, he's immediately infatuated with her. So Correct. was Tarzan a virgin before he met Jane, or is he out here clapping gorilla cheeks? I mean, who knows? Like, if you do everything a gorilla does, like you walk the way they do, you, your hands are the way they do, you eat what they do, you see gorillas clapping cheeks, maybe they think you're a hairless gorilla, and maybe he clapped gorilla cheeks. Maybe. I I mean, I, I don't want to personally believe that Tarzan was into bestiality. But, like, I mean, I, I, I could see it, I guess. My thoughts exactly. So, you know how I'm like a... I love talking shit about Steven Seagal. Yes. <laughs> Did you know he released an album... Like a music album? Yeah. And what kind of music style do you think it was? Bro, it's got to be like... It's got to be like alternative rock or like country music. Now. Now. <laughs> now. <laughs> what is I'm going to play it for you. It's it's reggae. Well, don't play it too long so we don't get like copyright infringements. Is that him talking? Yeah. So, Steven Seagal made a reggae song titled Me Juan de Punani. And the picture is <laughs> him <laughs> with his guitar. No, he did Steven Seagal is a crazy person, and I think it's amazing. Oh, my gosh. So That is good. That's good. Go on Spotify and look up. M I space W A N space D I space Punani. It's a reggae song written by Steven fucking Seagal. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. What are you doing it right now? Moving to where we are in the in the fucking outline. No, I said are you Googling it right now? Oh no, oh. no, no, no. Uh, all right, I got some, I got some dinosaur stuff. Okay. I shouldn't have said that. It gives it away. Do you know T-shirt is short for Tyrannosaurus shirt because of the little arms? You know when when you when you told me that, I was like, I don't know if this. If this can be, like, it it makes sense in my fucking brain, right, when I read it. But I'm like, 
Dude, I don't know. Dad jokes are the best. I told my kid one. I told <laughs> yesterday. Fuck it. Whatever. I'm gonna have to bleep that out. Fuck your life. Bing bong. I was like, do you know why chickens don't wear pants? He's like, no. I was like, cause his pecker's on his face. <laughs> Slow burn, right? Slow burn. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I have another dinosaur one. All right. So, do you know what my favorite movie of all time when I was a child was? What genre? Dinosaur. The Land Before Time. Yeah. See, you cheated because I told you. So, I watched The Land Before Time so many times, I burned out the tape in the VCR. My mom had to buy a new one. You can call and ask her that for text or however you communicate with my mom. Do you remember all the characters' names? Not all of them. All right, no. let's go over like, it. Like, if you were to tell me, I'd, I'd right. probably be like, okay, So yeah. you had the Brontosaurus, which was long neck, right? Okay. You had Ducky, the little tiny one. Yeah. You had Petrie. You had... Yep. I can't remember the Stegosaurus's name. He didn't talk a lot, so I don't remember. Anyway, do you remember what the the last person's... The last dinosaur's name was? <clears throat> As soon as you say it, I'm gonna I'm gonna remember it. Her name was Sarah. Okay, I don't remember that. Yeah, so Sarah is the the last dinosaur in Land Before Time. Did you know they call her Sarah because she's a Triceratops, C E R A, not S A R A H. No, I like stood up from the couch and like proclaimed to the house. No one was home. I was like, "Get the fuck <laughs> out of here." I thought her name was Sarah, like just, you know, like you're going to be Ducky, you're going to be Littlefoot, you're going to be Ducky, dude, and then Sarah, it... and then someone's like, yeah, it's actually Sarah because it's short for Triceratops, and I like... Isn't it fucking awesome when the internet just blows your mind? Yeah, and like, it, it the Land Before Time is like my jam, right? It's got everything. It's got action, it's got sadness, it's got everything, and it just blew my mind that I didn't know... Until I was a grown-ass man that Sarah is short for Triceratops. Let's see. What else would I have? Oh. You have. I, I know what I have. Oh, you, I got it. You had them? Yeah. Okay. So I got two last two things. You ever heard blood is thicker than water? Yep. All right. It's just like jack of all trades, master of none. A lot of people use these vernaculars without knowing the whole thing. So the actual quote to blood is thicker than water is the blood of the covenant is stronger than the water of the womb, meaning the chosen bonds are more significant than the bonds of family or water of the womb. So like when people are like, oh, my brother is a piece of shit and beats his wife, but you know, blood's thicker than water. It's actually the opposite of the actual saying. So like the bonds you form with like, you know, people on the ship or like at work or whatever is actually a stronger bond because of the, those are the ones you actually choose to be bonds, not ones that are thrust upon you. So yeah. just remember that next time your piece of shit aunt or whatever is like, you never come and see me. Well, phones work, phones work both ways, dickhead. Yeah, that's like the – you mentioned the jack of all trades, right? Like that full quote is a jack of all trades is a master of none, but it's oftentimes better than a master of one. Yes. So like a lot of people use these these sayings – like, oh, I'm a jack-of-all-trades. Well, that's not the fucking saying. Like, 
you know, it's it's sort it's meant to be demeaning in one direction, and it's actually demeaning in the other direction. So that means, you know, it's kind of like bros before hoes, but it's not quite bros before hoes. Yeah, it ultimately means just mind your fucking business. Mind your business. Do you think there's like a longer <laughs> version of bros before hoes? Like trust on trust unto your brothers before I don't know something vagina. I don't know. There's got to be something out there for that. <laughs> uh, and my last one is I saw this video. It's a female E9 or E8 in the Marine Corps and, uh, you know, a leader of men, if you will. And she was like, when you get into high ranking positions, you need to remember just because I don't like it doesn't mean it's not out of regs. Correct. So, like, when you see people giving people shit for a shaved shit or for, you know, continuously having kids or wearing a ponytail, a ponytail. like, I personally don't like ponytails. I just don't. I think it's unsafe. Um, I just don't like it. I think it looks bad. Like, I feel like it. you're phoning it in, you know. Um, like, I don't understand why, like... But it's, like, but, but it's fucking good to go now. But it's good to go. So, like, you know... Why, you know, I'm not going to, I'm probably going to piss a couple people off, but like, why is it that like women can have a ponytail, but like I have to like control the length and girth of my hair because I'm a man and I have to control my fingernail length because I'm a man and I can't wear, you know, earrings because I'm a man. Why can women wear earrings, but I can't wear earrings. Like, I'm not saying I'm going to wear an earring, but like, you know, I could if I wanted to. I'm just saying if we're all going to be equal, let's be fucking equal. You know, so, like, if we're going to press things like, hey, I don't like the ponytail, and then someone's like, well, Miss Mammy, actually, you can't say that because ponytails are allowed, then, like, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, you can, you cannot like something, and it, that's well within your right, right? But you shouldn't punish people for stuff that you're allowed to do just because you don't fucking like On it. Top of, you I, don't agree yeah, I see a lot of that with, like, Ponytails, shaved chits is a big one. Wearing alternative uniforms is another one. Like when I see people, like I see people interact with people that have a shaved chit, they're like, "Is that is that quarter of an inch? Do you have your shaved chit?" And then like I'm like, "Well, actually, they're not required to have a shaved chit. If you would like to know about the shaved chit, go t- contact the XO. You know, blah, blah blah. You're not required to have that. Like, well, when's that been a thing? Well, for like a long, 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 long time." You know, yeah, basically forever. Yeah, you're not required to carry your shape shit on you at all, at all. So don't let anybody tell you that. What was I talking about? Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's out of regs. Yes, just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's out of regs. This isn't just for you know your E7s, the AC9s, E6s, E5s, and E4s do that shit too. But it's more prevalent with the E7 and above community. Just because you don't like it doesn't mean it's not out of regs. So if you're going to, if you're going to, never mind, I can't say that. I give too much information away. If you are going to not scold or instruct somebody on something like hair, facial hair, uniform, make sure you know the fucking policy before you fucking say anything. Because like if you come Correct. at me, if yeah, if you come at me like that, you're going to lose. You're going to lose 100%. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're fucking sea lawyers. You're a fucking sea lawyer. We still need to, I need to make that into a fucking 
sticker or something. Like, I have recently got into an argument about colors. So you're at colors. You're an OD. I'm an OD. You walk out, the OD observed colors, ba-ba, ba-ba, and then the music starts playing, and the fucking dickhead with the flag takes it all the way to the top. You bring your salute up, right? When do you bring your salute down? At the end of the last note. Yes. So if you look at... But nobody does it. Nobody does it. So if you look at Common on Policy, I think it's M5000 Decibel 2 or 3, I don't remember which one, and you go down to like chapter 14, I think... Um, it actually says right there in the fucking manual, you're going to drop your salute at the last note of the national anthem or the person in charge of the company will drop their salute at the last note of the national anthem. Then you stand at attention until carry on's played. A lot of people don't know that. And then they argue with a you lot, a lot. So the vast majority of people do not stop their salute until carry on is done. Yeah. So think, think about colors as a whole. So you have, Attention, you have a space, then you have the national anthem, then you have a space, and then you have carry on. So what do you do at attention? Do you start your salute at attention? No. It's da-da, da-da, everyone pops up, and then as soon as the music plays, you, you bring your salute up. Why wouldn't you drop your salute at the last note and then stand there at attention until carry on's played? Like, it's, it's only logical. Yeah, a lot of people do that wrong. Even people at my current unit do it wrong. Yeah, and the only reason I know that is because I got in an argument with a with a BMC as an E5 and he's like right here in the manual. So, if you have a good, you know, a good chief, a good E8, good E9, they'll be like, "Yep, yeah, says right fucking here." So, yeah, just know your policy before you talk shit to people because nothing's more embarrassing than being fucking Corrected by someone that outranks that is lower ranked than you when you call them out. So I know it feels so. Oh. If you're the lower ranking person, it feels so. Oh, good. it's so like it. It's like nipple touching. Like uh, it feels so good. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, that's all I got. Do you got anything else? I don't think so. All right, we'll see you guys in the next one. Bye. Later. Bye.